Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That commentary from us three has come through the first three hours of the program. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, ESPN Radio, the app, ESPN News. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. We're one minute away from talking to the NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations, Troy Vincent. But I just want to mention, if you're LeBron James and you've scored 34,241 points in the NBA, or you're Sterling Brown who scored 855, or you're George Hill who in a one-week span last year was cut and signed by the Milwaukee Bucks, everybody, guys, in the NBA has a voice. But everybody's looking to the NBA to see what they're going to do and how it might extrapolate to the National Hockey League, Major League Baseball, collegiate sports, as Key mentioned. And, of course, the big one of all, the National Football League. And it's a pleasure, as I mentioned, to be joined on the Shell Pennzoil performance line by EVP of Football Operations, Troy Vincent. Troy, I know the guys are going to dig in and ask exactly what the NFL is going to do by watching what the NBA has done. But I want to ask you this, because you played eight years in Philly, four in Miami, three in Buffalo, and about a half season with the Redskins, or the Washington football team, I should say, these days. With everything swirling around them and these latest allegations involving Daniel Snyder, what is the PA stance right now on the WFT? Troy, you with us? I guess there's, I would say there's a, there's pending allegations and there's a legal process that's been set forth and we're monitoring, and as as legal comes back, and we find out, you know, what is actually taking place, what's true, what's factual, and I think uh, the commissioner's office would uh, proceed as uh, as appropriate. Troy, as you saw yesterday, the NBA and Major League Baseball players decided to boycott their games. What was your reaction to that? Uh. Proud? Can uh, you know? This G- got it. G- gather yourself, Troy. Gather yourself. This got to end. Gather yourself. I'm, I'm so proud. You got, you got it, brother. You got it. Of these young boys, these young men and women, they did things that I I didn't think about doing. Always fought for the community, but during my time, we thought we had a handle on it, and obviously we didn't. But when I saw Doc Rivers and LeBron and George Hill, it's. I think about my three boys. Dang it. And I'm sitting up here every day having. Conversation about contact tracing and are we going to play ball? And I got a 22-year-old and a 20-year-old and a 15-year-old and I'm trying to prevent from being hunted and they're teachable moments and I'm trusting my Lord Trust in the. I'm just I'm proud of what the guys and the women are doing. As we would say, a unified people always defeat unified money. 
And I'm just proud. I'm proud of what I'm seeing take place. Troy, both Key and I stand with you, man, in that we both feel the same way. The next evolution of this is if LeBron and company in the league decide to do this full-heartedly, what do you think the reaction will be with inside your organization if guys like Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson follow suit? Jay, if we're not expecting this is going to happen, then we're not living in reality. And I, I think there's two things that we talk, we keep having conversations with each other. We all agree, Jay, Key, we, we all agree. But we can't have conversation with those who, who agree. We have to extend that conversation with those who have influence to change these policies. And I think it's common, it's, it's, it's finding that common agreement. And it starts with that our black lives matter no more, no less than anybody else. And then secondly, we got to agree that the shootings and the killings of black men and women are crimes. And that people have to be held accountable. If we can't have that conversation, if we're not in agreement with those two points, those are non-negotiables at this point. That's where we start. Troy. And if we don't if we don't believe that these things are going to extend, they're already happening. We saw the young men in, in Detroit and Seattle today and in Washington. We just got so much work to do. Troy, how difficult is it? having these type of conversations with the 32 owners to get them to understand we really need their power and influence to help. Many are there, Key. And I must say in full transparency, um, many are not because they think it's a disruption of the business. I just... We just, we're not asking for the players. We as black men, black friends, we're not asking for anything that you're not looking for for their children and their families. So that discussion, we can't make it, it can't be any clearer. When you watch the video of eight minutes and 46 seconds of a knee on somebody's neck who's handcuffed, that should not be a dispute. Now, how do we address this together? We need your influence as an owner. We need you to bridge the gap for us. We need you to talk to the DA. We need to have conversations with your local state officials. We need you to address police reform. We're not saying disband police departments. But Key and Jay, I would just say this. We have clear examples of de-escalation. I keep thinking about the church killing in South Carolina. This man was armed. He killed nine people in the church. They took him to McDonald's to eat. He killed our people. You have the shooting in Wisconsin. 
This man is armed. He's just a teenager. He just killed some people. And they're offering him a bottle of water. We know. When grace, we're looking at privilege in our eyes. The players, the coaches, and all sports, we're just asking that you be in this fight with us. Man, we love our game. We love the game that we play. But our communities are under siege. And we can't have a blind eye to it. Troy, thank you. I don't I don't have any other questions. Troy Vincent is the executive vice president of the National Football League and poured his heart out this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Troy, thanks for exposing the vulnerabilities and just being you, being genuine, being authentic. Thank you, guys. Right, Appreciate Troy. you. All right, Troy, so, stay strong, brother. I'm going to take you behind the curtain here real quick. We're going to get Stephen A. Smith's thoughts on what we just heard in just a moment. But, Key, I hope you don't mind me saying this. When you were listening to uh, Troy, and for those of you watching on ESPN News today, Key's got a tissue here, and he's dapping his eyes uh, right now. And um, you lost it there. Kind of just take us inside that moment. And was it a, a single phrase? Was it the totality? I mean, I'm watching you right now five feet away. I mean, there's water in those eyes. It's just true, though. You know, everything he's saying is just... It's true. And to hear him say that there's some owners that just really care about the bottom line because it affects their money. To hear him say that and knowing that people getting gunned down and treated a certain way, it just, it hurts. It really does. And the fact, Jay, that he works at 250 Park Avenue, he is now ensconced at the highest levels of the National Football League after a stellar career that's not something you're generally going to hear somebody in a position like that even say privately, much less say it in front of all of us because this he, morning. Because he's tired of it, Z. Tired of being he's tired, tired of Z. it. He's not going to just sit up there and be a puppet. Like at some point, it's just enough. You know, it's enough. It's like it's not worth it. It's not worth it. People have integrity. You know, when are the owners and people of power going to have some damn integrity? You, you got plenty of money. You're all right. You, you good. Now go talk to these people and get them to understand that the things that's happening in these streets every single day, it's not happening. It's not cool. It's just not. They got sons and daughters. They do. They got wives. They got grandkids. Let something happen to one of theirs and find out how they react and feel. Subin, think about the dichotomy for athletes. So when I'm playing in my sport, make a three, make a game-winning shot, Keyshawn Johnson makes an incredible catch for a TD. Think about the roars that you hear from fans. Think about the admiration that you see when people look at you. Now flip that around when something like this happens and it feels like nobody cares. Think about that feeling that that leaves, that hole that that can leave inside an individual. Right? Oh, so you admire me or you, you cheer me on when I, when I play a sport. But when it comes to my life, when it comes to me feeling like I'm scared for my life and my friends' lives and kids' lives and that psychologically the way that's programmed for people, now you don't care. 
They took him to McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah, they they, they, water, they yeah. took him to McDonald's. Like seriously. They took him to Mickey D's. Mm-hmm. Like for real? And you just gun people down in a church? I I it's it's crazy. You know, and last thing I say, you know, for last night, for, you know, a kid that's 17 years old that shoots people at a protest in Wisconsin. And then for him to have the night at home to get arrested the next day and to be given the water. But then I go to Trayvon Martin, who was carrying a pack of Skittles. And he gets shot for that. He gets shot. It's hard being on radio, man, you know, talking to people, trying to get people to empathize and understand and having people throw randomness at you. <laughs> but the players may boycott. I support it. I'll tell you right now, Keisha and I are going to stay right here, damn it. I'll and be right keep here talking with you. to you every damn day. Yeah. I'll be right here. Unfortunately, if you, you don't guys, like yeah. it, <clears throat> if you don't like what we're putting out there, because we're good people and we care about people, we want you to care they about us. They got other too. stations, though. That's go, for real. go somewhere else. Yeah, you can go somewhere else. I'm not worried about numbers dropping and all because I'm, I'm not worried about it at all when it comes to the real thing and real stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. You know, Troy, I've been, I, I played with Troy, against Troy. We, that's like, I, I've been knowing Troy when I was in high school, when he was at Wisconsin, before he went to the Dolphins. Like, I've, I've been knowing him. And to see him in that space, that hits close to home. You know, and, and like you said, he's in the building. He's having the conversations with them. He's not just sitting back going, Okay, boss. No, he ain't doing that. No, he's been on both sides of it now as yes. a player. And then so one he of the most it. powerful people. If you're at that level at the NFL, you're one of the most powerful people in sports. But also to understand that there's a number of people that are within the ownership group that don't give a damn except about the money. That That's just, that's bizarre to me. Yeah, we knew it. We, 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 we thought it, right, Jay? Mm. We always said... Oh, it's all about the money, the bottom line. All they care about is putting the games on. But to hear it come from inside the building, Mm -hmm. there's a difference there to me. That registers to me. Because I can think about it all day long. I I can, oh, all he care about is this amount of money, this owner, this amount of money. But to hear that from Troy in the building, you just put a stamp on it for me. I will tell you, whatever the talking points are coming out of 250 Park Ave, the NFL headquarters, Vincent Somme, and ripped him up and gave us some genuine, honest, raw, passionate, visceral answers. Amazing. It's just amazing to hear. Let's bring in Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. was uh, on the line, and he heard everything that Troy Vincent said. He heard his voice. He heard the tenor. He saw Key's eyes. He saw the water fill them. And he's with us this morning on KJNZ. Stephen A., just kind of wanted your reaction to what you heard from the NFL Executive Vice President Troy Vincent. Well, it hurts uh, to see him like that, to hear him like that. I've known Troy Vincent for many, many years. I used to write for the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, from 1994 to 2010, and Troy Vincent was playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's how far back uh, my relationship with him goes. And to listen to him speak 
uh, as devastatingly hurtful as it is to hear him in that state of mind. Uh, it's not surprising because if you know anything about Troy, you know his heart is always in the right place. He's a, a devout and religious individual. Um, he's somebody that cares not just about black people, but of, of all human beings. Uh, obviously, fairness um, and equality are first and foremost on his mind in, in most situations, second only to God himself. And that's who he is. That's the kind of man that he is. And so when he says what he says, and you know that he's inside those doors and he's in those meetings and he communicates directly with a lot of these owners and executives in the National Football League. Um, and to hear him in that fashion, uh, it hurts uh, to see Key, who I've known for many, many years. I first met uh, Keyshawn Johnson and got to know him when he had his fabulous restaurant off of Robertson. In, uh, in L.A., I used to go there all the time, and, and I know how intelligent he is, how smart he is, how conscientious he is, how real he is. To see both of these individuals, I think that it should enlighten all of us as to how devastating these experiences are to our community. And I think that when folks look at black people react the way that we're reacting, it's because we don't isolate. We don't look at George Floyd and say, that's him. We don't look at Jacob Blake and say, that's him. We didn't look at Walter Scott, who got shot in the back eight times by a police officer in South Carolina and say, that's him. We say, that's us. It could have easily been us. And that's the kind of situation that we're living in. It's not just about how much it hurts because it's happened to others. It's about identifying the reality that it could happen to us because those are the times that we're living in. It's been going on far too long and something needs to be done about it. I say, what do you, what do you think is going to happen with the NBA, considering what's happened the last day, and what's going to happen today? Well, I, for the immediate moment, Jay, I think that the games are not going to be played, um, and I think that ultimately some decisions, some real decisions, are going to have to be made. I think ultimately the games will be played, just not today, probably not even tomorrow, uh, but we'll see what happens within the coming days. You've got a real dichotomy, and Jay, you know this, just talking to the NBA people that you've spoken to, and you know me well enough to know that I've spoken to players, I've spoken to owners, I've spoken to executives, I've spoken to agents. This is the situation, guys, to bring it down to you. The Milwaukee Bucks were not wrong. They did the right thing. They felt that the attorney general in Wisconsin, along with the lieutenant governor and the governor, were not acting swiftly enough, and they were just going to drag their feet and something needed to be done. So no, everybody's applauding what they did, and we should. We should applaud also the fact that the rest of the teams and, and, uh, that were scheduled to play last night joined them, and the likelihood is that the teams that were scheduled to play tonight will join them. We should applaud all of that. But there's another side to all of this, and that is the side of the NBA. And obviously economics plays a role, but forget that for a second. Forget the two million, the $200 million that they dedicated to the bubble and just forget all of that stuff. If you're the NBA, here's what you're saying. These problems are real. Uh, we have to address it. The flip side to it, however, is that we have been helping you address it. We will continue to help you address it. We stand with you in an effort to try and give a voice to the voiceless and to address these issues. So why stop playing? That's the mentality that some of these owners have. They're not just looking at the $300 million they've dedicated to, uh, to social justice issues over the next 10 years. They're not just looking at the $200 million they devoted to the bubble. They're also taking into account the hundreds of millions of dollars 
that, that the players are going to lose in salary, the billions that they're going to lose as owners, and they're still saying, we stand with you. So why is it just about the players in terms of, excuse me, yes, they're protesting and they're taking this position, but it's not about all of us as a league saying, we will come together and stand with you and support you in whatever you want to do. We are your partners. We are your friends in this fight. That's the mentality. How accurate that is depends on who you believe. But nevertheless, that's their position, and that's the challenge that faces not just the players, but Adam Silver, the league office, and the owners hovering over this league because obviously there are different points of views as to whether or not the games, the playoff games, should continue. Stephen A., LeBron walked out of the meeting, and both L.A. teams followed him. What does that say, and what's your reaction to it? And do you think, if no LeBron, no NBA? First answer, uh, I think that LeBron, uh, first of all, he was incredibly frustrated according to what my sources told me. He he went into the meeting. He didn't necessarily have a problem with the Milwaukee Bucks position. He had a problem with the fact that they acted unilaterally initially and didn't inform anybody of what they were going to do. And so when he walked into the meeting, he wanted to know what was the plan, and there did not appear to be a plan. So that was frustrating. We also have to take into account LeBron's more-than-a-vote movement because this is something that's near and dear to him. It's incredibly important. He's got athletes and entertainers participating in concert with him to make sure we get out the vote. So come November 3rd, people are at the polls and make sure they get their ballots in, whatever the case may be. And so something like this put him in a position. He couldn't take any other position. It's not that he would have anyway, but LeBron is not somebody that feels that, that likes to feel compelled to do something because of somebody else's actions other than his own. Like most guys in his position, you would obviously believe the desire would be to be able to dictate your position as opposed to it being the other way around. But right now, the bottom line is, it is what it is in terms of his willingness to walk out and, and just be frustrated, but it doesn't mean that he's willing to play the games or not play the game. That remains to be seen. I think ultimately him walking out and the two L.A. teams walking out, what they're saying is regardless of what all of y'all plan on doing, because they were the only two teams that voted against playing, from what I was told, they're saying you can't possibly have a legitimate champion if the Lakers and the Clippers, the two prohibitive favorites to win the chip, aren't participating in the postseason because of this. It basically delegitimizes the postseason as far as I'm concerned. And then also the abs- it means the absence of LeBron even more so than Kawhi Leonard because we know that LeBron is the iconic sp- figure arguably in the entire world of sports. And if he's not participating because of protest issues, then clearly it's going to compromise the bottom line of the NBA, not just monetarily, but in terms of the legitimacy of a champion being crowned. S.A., if they were to present actionable items, what's a realistic timeline mm-hmm. in order for them to come back and play? That, that's what leaves both Key and I a little bit confused because you don't know that, right? You think that the only answer is to that, boycott long term. Jay, that's the problem because the bottom line is what, what kind of timetable is going to suffice? We all know that if you want things done on a federal and a national level, there are things that have to transpire. We all know that. We're not blind to this. And so that usually takes time. Usually when things happen in an effective fashion, there's a grassroots movement on the local level that influences things, that makes things happen. On a federal level, you're talking about mingling with the folks on Capitol Hill. You're talking about getting lobbyists involved 
political action committees potentially involved. That stuff takes time. And that's one of the things that's frustrating the owners and the league and everybody else in between outside of the players because they don't see a conceivable option where you get to handle things directly in the immediate moment. There's nothing that you can do for the immediate moment that would suffice other than the attorney general and the lieutenant governor and those guys in Wisconsin bringing charges against the officer that shot Jacob Blake in the back and paralyzed him from the waist down by shooting him in the back seven times. Let me ask you this, Stephen A. Yeah. Everything that's gone on now, does mm-hmm. did Kyrie Irving have a right? Does, is, should he be getting apologies from people? Not for me. No, I, I don't just, think so. Uh, you know. I, would, I would say this to you. His, listen, Kyrie Irving's heart was in the right place, and he was ahead of the curb in terms of talking about what we should be doing, where our mindset should be or whatever. But it's not like people decided to go and play games just to play games, and that's where Kyrie has to take accountability. He's a member of that executive committee. Chris Paul was conducting Zoom meetings and things of that nature, and when Kyrie took the position that he took, he had never he had never talked to Chris Paul at that particular moment in time. And why did Chris Paul, LeBron James, and these guys elect to do it? Jay knows this. I'm going to break this down, Key. Mm-hmm. Here's the bottom line. If you had not went back and played those games, those eight regular season games within the postseason, first of all, there's regional network contracts that you had to fulfill. So you would have lost a significant amount of money. Then it would have given the owners the license to reopen the collective bargaining talks because of the losses they accrued and the losses they project they're going to have to accrue have to accrue. And so as a result of that, there were billions of dollars on the table that simply eight regular season games and a playoff were going to go a long way towards resolving. Even with the NBA contract right now, a lot of your money is made during the postseason. I was told last night, anywhere from $750 million to a billion dollars are at stake just by the airing of the NBA finals on ABC. Well, what do you think is going to happen, Key, if the owners and the league end up losing that money? The collective bargaining talks are going to reopen, and most assuredly, they're going to go to the players to take a chunk of that money back that they've lost because they've got a share in the accruing of the losses. Those are the reasons why LeBron James, CP3, and all of these guys elected to go back and play. It's not that they don't love the game, but they didn't go back just for the love of the game. They went back because they knew from a business standpoint they would be severely compromised if they didn't. That was the case before they went back and played the regular season games and started the playoffs, and it is the case now. All of those things have to be taken into consideration. None of us are telling them what to do. All of us are going to applaud them if they end up saying, we know the sacrifice that we're making and we're willing to make it, but it's important to let them know that is the sacrifice. You can't ignore that. Can't ignore anything Stephen A. and the gang say. You'll see them this morning at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN, where I'm sure the passion will be strong. There are no lack of things to talk about. It almost seems silly and trite that people thought with no sports there would be no topics. That is certainly not the case. Stephen A., we'll see you at the top of the hour. Thank you very much. All right, guys. All right. Stephen A. bringing it the way only he can. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. That includes Arizona State football coach 
Herm Edwards, our old colleague here at ESPN, who left a cushy TV job to go back and coach, and now there's no season to coach. So what are the Sun Devils doing, and is he possibly getting ready for a little spring football? That's on the way next on ESPN Radio and the app. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It's a pleasure to welcome Herm Edwards on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, our longtime colleague here at ESPN, NFL head coach, and one of five African-American head coaches in the Pac-12. That's not something that's talked about. Jimmy Lake at Washington, Carl Durrell at Colorado, David Shaw at Stanford, Kevin Sumlin at Arizona, and Herm Edwards at Arizona State. Coach, you're 66 years old. You have a roster. Wait, he's 66 he's, years old? He act like he's 35. The energy, no, man. Herm, Herm, look 35. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Coach, at the age of 66, living the life that you have lived, the experiences you've had as a black man in America with a roster that has several African-American players. What are you telling your youngsters right now when you drop them off and you tell them I'm going to be their dad and they're on scholarship? The whole 85. But for those African-American players, what are you telling them? Well, I tell all our players uh, that uh, the key here is we're going to allow you to be the best version of who you are. Bottom line. And with that, uh, understand this is that there's going to be a standard that is set here that we all have to meet, and it starts with me. Uh, it starts with this. Um, words and actions, they match up every day. Words and actions, that's, that, that, that's very important to me. And, and you don't compromise your values. You stand up for what you believe. When this stuff started taking place, this, the social, you know, social unrest and all these things, the first thing I told my players, I said, look, you have this wonderful platform now in today's world. Uh, make sure you use it in a way that you have solutions and you cannot stand silent when you see things like this occurring. You have this wonderful platform now that maybe when I played in my era, you couldn't do that. When you look at the players in college, professional sports, using their platform now when they see social injustice, I applaud them. I really do. I, I sit back and I applaud them. You know, I grew up in the I grew up in the late '60s, in the early '70s. Uh, when you're talking about uh, the Vietnam War, uh, all those things, Dr. King was assassinated. 
the social the social movement was taking place then, right? So I've watched it then and I watched it now. And what's really what's really good to see, you see people of all different walks of life in these protests. We're tired. America's tired. And it's young people. It's young people. And and to protest, to, to move something, this is not a light switch. This is a rock they're trying to move. It might not be better for them, but it'll be better for their children. That's what movements are about. It's not about you, what you're going to get right now. It's about the generation that will follow you. You got to make it better for them. Coach, when you, what was your reaction? Obviously, you saw the NBA, Major League Baseball, shut mm-hmm. it down and say, yeah. enough. We're not, we're not taking the field. We're not taking the court. What was that reaction like when you saw that? I sat and went, this is, this is, this is America. This is the America that we talk about, that you have a right to stand up for what you believe. And you won't, and you won't be cut. Uh, you won't be traded. <laughs> 30 years ago, that was not the case. And, uh, you know, players now know they have this wonderful platform. And they use it in a way to make change and to make change better. And that's what they're trying to do. If you guys were playing in the Pac-12 was still going on, having a number of African-American coaches, young, uh, on your staff, a little bit older, would you guys consider maybe saying, you know what, we don't want to play, we're going to boycott this thing? It'd be interesting, Keith. Uh, I do know this. I always know the pulse of the players. And I say this, in, in, with, this with this in mind. And you guys remember this. Um, I was the head coach of the Jets uh, when 9-11 hit after our first game. And I can remember the league at that time was, was considering playing. And they weren't going to let us know. They said, we're going to play. And I went into the team move, and I told our players, I said, if you guys don't want to play, because it's too early to play, you take a vote. They voted. They didn't want to play. New York Jets football team. Went down there, talked to the GM and the owner, said, we're, we're forfeiting if the league plays. So I just think, you know, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I'm, I'm going to stand with my players. If, 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 they, if, 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 if they feel that way, you have to do that. You got to stand with your players. If you truly say that you're going to be a man of value and, and, and integrity and, you know, you, 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 take, you take the information in and you know the pulse of your team, and our team wasn't going to play. We were going to forfeit. Herm, how quickly do you think if this does happen in the NBA that NBA players will be able to potentially reach out to NFL players and everybody can get on the same page if they can make this happen? Because obviously it would be a big hit to the NBA, and I think that would cause a lot of noise. But where it, where it, would, call, where it would cause exponential noise would be the NFL. Well, I think, you know, and, and there always lies the problem because everyone has, you know, has an own opinion about this. And, 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 and you can't, you know, if a, if a guy wants to play, you, you can't say, well, you're not, you're not with us. It, it, this is America. And, uh, you know, you're talking about the NFL, what there's, I don't know, 1,500 players in the National Football League, a lot of young guys, a lot of guys in the middle of their careers, a lot of older guys toward the end of their careers. It would be interesting if that conversation got generated to see what, what they would decide to do. I, I, I would assume that the NBA, that, excuse me, the NFL players are going to do something. Um, hopefully they do it in unison. Uh, so it's, 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 well, it's well thought out and not just team by team, but, 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 
do something in the sense of, hey, this is what we believe, and this is what we're standing up for. You had an unbelievable first couple of years, knocked off Michigan State both years, surprising a ton of people. The energy has been there. And I think so many people, Key obviously played in the Pac-12, all-century team in the Pac-12. I think a lot of people were hoping for Pac-12 football to return. But whenever mm-hmm. it does, Coach, we're really excited to see what you do in year three. We were hoping it would be the fall, but maybe it'll be the spring. Maybe it'll be next year. But keep that positivity going. You got us amped up just being with us this morning, and it was so great to reconnect with you. I appreciate all you guys, and you guys are doing a great job on your show, man. I appreciate you guys. All right, Herm, we'll talk. And God bless you guys. Okay. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Coach. All right. That is the eternally young Herm Edwards on the Shell Penzo. There's, there's some oh people God. that when you are around, <laughs> you just your energy level heightens drastically, Some, and that is always Herm. Somebody told me about him real quick to take you behind the curtain here uh, real quick when he was working for us for years. Somebody told me he's the kind of guy, when he walks into a room, the sprinklers go off. The ones like up in the ceiling, <laughs> exactly. right? He walks in and he's got that type of energy. Before I let you go is next here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. And the one word today that has probably rung true more than any other is tired. Not physical exhaustion from being here at 6 a.m. Eastern, but tired, sick and tired. And these guys will have an opportunity to run it back one more time and take you inside what it's like to be black in America. That's next. This is Key, Key Jay-Z on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. That was Troy Vincent, NFL Executive Vice President. He joined us at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and. That was just a small snippet of it. He got extremely emotional. He got extremely emotional. And I would implore you, if you have the opportunity to download our podcast, that will be right there at the top of our final hour of the program. I'm looking at my phone right now. Hour number one is already dropped. If you want to subscribe anywhere you get podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, all that stuff, it'll be out there very soon. And I think for anybody, um, no matter who you are, how old you are, how light your skin is, how dark your skin is, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman. If you're a darn human being, I think if you listen to that final hour, those first 15 or 20 minutes that we had Troy Vincent on, and it was followed by Stephen A. Smith, who added some great, great context as well, Key. I know you lived through the moment. You shed some tears with us this morning on television, but for those that missed it and are just listening now, 
I promise you it's worth your time. I don't want to bring it back because I know it's tough, but I think it's something that's pretty instructive. A lot of people can learn from if they want to listen to a guy that played the game at a high level and now is a high-ranking NFL executive key. Well, yeah, when you when you lived in it, though, and you've been a part of it, Troy lived in it. He played it. Not only that, like he said, he's always, from a community standpoint, mm-hmm. Troy and I have collaborated in the past on things that, to help communities. And so he's he understands it. Now he's at the top with the big boys in the room. And so he's able to, to feel and see and touch how they react to certain things. Mm-hmm. So we got firsthand knowledge to a degree about what goes on inside that room. Sure. Exactly. And to all my brothers and sisters out there, that's everybody that's African-American, that's, you know, that's Caucasian, that's Asian, that's Latino. The endurance of your mental toughness is at stake right now. Push through, find a way to be rejuvenated and continue to fight the fight. Vote for your local DA, vote for your mayor, vote for your senator, vote for your governor and vote for the president that you want. Be active. Register. That's the most important thing. Final word, the NBA is on the clock. I know, Jay, you say it probably won't be a great day for Hoops fans, but at the end of the day, if change is needed, this just might be the right decision. Short-term harm for fans for long-term gain for the game moving ahead. It's all about taking one step at a time. We'll see what happens next and we'll react tomorrow. We'll be here at 6 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Enjoy your day. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Subin, the podcast. 